truth hurts, the truth hurts So you bout to feel pain, and I gotta do work God said I gotta do work, cause it's off with the name Savage Truth, Savage Truth It's the Savage Truth, the Savage Truth Welcome to the Savage Truth, and I am your host, Pastor Roy Dockery. This is going to be episode three of the Leadership Lab, and um, we're going to jump right into it. Last time we talked about truth and honesty, the initial uh, episode was about love and how love applies and is foundational in the way that you choose to leave, lead. And so we're going to jump right into the right into the third episode. So I'm going to say it again because I'm going to keep saying it at the beginning because a lot of y'all not listening. So first of all, to be a good leader, you need to be a good listener. Uh, join the Discord. The link is in the description below. So we're going to talk about weakness as one of the essential things to being an effective leader. And when I talk about weakness, I'm talking about the fact that we're transparent about our weaknesses as leaders, right? And I know I have a mixed audience. I know I have followers who are who are ministry leaders, who are nonprofit leaders, who are corporate leaders, who are entrepreneurs. And so I'm talking to all of you. Um, and I'm specifically... <laughs> Little little extra tidbit of definitely talking to people who lead spiritual organizations, who lead nonprofit organizations, who lead like altruistic organizations that are supposed to be um, about the betterment of people, right? And the development of individuals. Because fake exceptionalism doesn't help anybody, right? Fake exceptionalism is counterproductive. This is one of my problems with like the gurus of today, right? A lot of the YouTube channels and, and the people who want to tell you how to make money and how to lead and, and how to do all of this stuff. There's always this exceptionalism where like no one significantly talks about their weaknesses or their flaws, except for the fact that their weakness is their greatest strength, right? My weakness is I work too hard. It's like the cheesy answers that you get when you're doing a job interview for people, um, which is why I don't ask people what their weakness is. I ask them what they suck at. Right. It's an interesting question to get asked during an interview by a vice president. Um, but it gets you some very interesting responses because people have to be intrinsic and they have to be transparent about a weakness. See, because what people need is they need someone that they can trust going back to episode number, you know, to the to the second se um, session in in this series. They need someone that they can trust. But what makes someone open up to you, what makes somebody know that they can be transparent with you is that you are transparent with them. Because a lot of people have been wounded and are trigger shy about sharing their flaws with management because in the past they had managers and not leaders, right? Because what a manager will do is a manager will identify a weakness and then just try to beat it out of you, right? They don't, right? Like managers try to catch your weaknesses because they're trying to one, run well-oiled machines. It's not a bad thing. But at the end of the day, people want to be developed in their weakness. People don't want to be caught out and singled out because of their weakness. It's not that people want to ignore it. It's not that people don't want to acknowledge it, but they don't want it to be what, I, what, they, what they are identified by. Right? They don't want to be identified by the thing that they're the worst at. They want to acknowledge it, and then they need a leader who is willing to develop them in the area of their weakness. So most people have been conditioned culturally, have been conditioned from school, have been conditioned from other types of employment, um, have been conditioned by society to hide our weakness and to only tout our flaws, especially um, our, we, you know, we, we, only, we, only, we don't tout our flaws, our faults. I don't know why I keep saying flaws. Sorry. Um, and a lot of this comes from our current social media age, right? We only talk about 
right? We, 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 it's the, it's the highlight reel as my, from my best friend calls it. He was like, social media is everybody's highlight reel. So we're used to only talking about our highlights. We don't really hit on the, on the low lights. We talk about the good, but we don't talk about the ugly. We talk about what we succeed in. We don't talk about what we fail in. We talk about our dreams, but we don't talk about our fears. Like that is the balance of a human being. So if you want people to show up authentically, which authenticity is going to be a big part of this entire leadership lab, leaders need to be authentic. But if you want your people to be authentic, then they need to be able to bring them their full selves to work. And their full selves have weaknesses and insecurities that they need to be able to share with you so you can help them navigate through those things and still be successful and then ultimately develop some of those things into strengths. Not every weakness is going to become a strength. Some some weaknesses are supposed to be there. Some weaknesses um, are a part of your, your personality. Some weaknesses, um, you know, let's say it, are going to be permanent, right? There's just some things that people are not going to do, but that does not mean that they can't accomplish what they need to accomplish. It just means that they may need to accomplish it differently, right? That's the same thing that applies to, to disabilities. A lot of people don't disclose their disabilities or their illnesses to their employers because it's a weakness that requires you to do the job differently, but you don't even want to tell people you're doing it differently. You don't want to be transparent, which means you can't be authentic, right? Like if you want people to genuinely come to work and give their all, if you want people to show up and give you a hundred percent, then that means a hundred percent of them needs to be present, including the broken and flawed parts, including our weaknesses and the things that we're not often transparent about and, and 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 that we don't often show we don't wear on our sleeves we don't we don't you know we don't open our hearts to because of past experiences or just because of the expectation that no one wants to hear that no one wants to know that so in reality fake exceptionalism acting like the best performer we have is genuinely perfect acting like the way that you succeed is by having no issues and taking no time off and not having a headache and not getting a migraine and not being tired and not needing a vacation and burning ourselves out. No one's perfect and it's counterproductive to being an effective leader and building an effective organization, right? When I talk to my, my mentees, when I talk to my employees, whether my direct reports or indirect reports, one thing I tell them is that there's one sign that you'll be able to tell early in your career, early in your endeavor into leading people if you're an effective leader, right? So it's one quick sign that you can tell. If people confess their weaknesses to you as a leader, first of all, that means you've already accomplished number two, which means people trust you. Um, but leaders will get people to confess their weaknesses because there's trust managers always have to discover someone's weaknesses or put systems in place to catch people failing or to catch people doing wrong when leaders don't have to do that, right? Leaders will establish a policy. Leaders will establish a process. Leaders will establish a protocol. And if people trust you, they will come to you and say, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can hit that target. I don't know if I can accomplish that the way that it's laid out. Can you help me in this area? Or sometimes the policy may be wrong. The process may be wrong. The protocol may be wrong. But no one ever tells a manager that, that it's a bad idea. No one ever tells a manager that there are too many steps and it could be done better because there's no trust there. They don't trust that their opinion can be shared um, and that it will be value added to the circumstance or the situation. Um, so there's a lot of fear with management when there's a lot of trust with leaders. 
right? So managers try to expose weaknesses because it's almost been, you know, I've, I've been to management school. I was man, I was a management undergrad. I have a master's degree as well. Like a lot of management is taught as if like you go into a system, the system is broken and you are the solution, right? So it's your responsibility as a manager to find out what's wrong, what's broken and to fix it. And that is partially true, but it's your responsibility to go in and figure out what's wrong with the systems and the processes and the protocols. But most people interpret that as the people. There's something wrong with the people. The people are lazy. The people are cutting corners. The people are stealing. The people are doing the wrong thing. And normally if the people are doing the wrong thing, that's because you have processes that allow them to do the wrong thing or that incentivize them to do the wrong thing, right? If you build a system that encourages trust, that fosters trust, that, um, that incentivizes trust, you will get people you can trust. But if you have a system where people got to cut corners and people are just trying to hit numbers and they can manipulate the numbers and they can and they can, you know, they can do shady things to hit their numbers, that's the culture you're going to get. So if managers are only driving processes and protocols and and they're the main driver of the thing that they think they need to change is the people, you end up in an environment where people do not discuss their weaknesses. They are not authentic and there is a complete lack of organizational transparency. Managers will try to expose weaknesses with processes and protocols and values and systems where leaders, if you're an effective leader, people will come to you and they will confess their weaknesses. They will tell you what they're bad at. They will tell you what they're struggling with. They will tell you where they're missing steps, where they're, where they're, um, where they're missing the target. And you don't have to go hold it over anybody's head. Right. Because when they trust you and they know that you love them. And again, and I'm not talking about an infatuated emotional sense of love when people know and people trust that you as a leader have their best interest in mind. They don't mind coming to you and saying, I know you have my best interest in mind and I'm trying to do this, but I'm struggling to get the outcome that you expect. So either help me get to the outcome that you expect. Help me have a greater understanding of the outcome. Help me have a greater understanding of the process so I can get what we need to get. Because what I've learned as, as a leader is sometimes the process is broken or more often than not, the process is broken. I have you doing something or you're doing work that I don't know about because I didn't write it down in my little Visio diagram. It wasn't captured in my Kaizen event, but 40% of your job is actually doing something that I'm not asking you to do that other people have an expectation of you to do. And now I can come in now as the leader and start removing responsibility, start subtracting from that list so that you can actually focus on what I'm measuring you on and that you don't have to have, you don't have to hold in and hide all of these weaknesses that aren't even tied to your primary responsibility or the job that I'm paying you for, right? That's what I call those residual responsibilities, something that you were doing in your last role, something that you did at your last company. That's not even something that I require, but you were getting me my numbers, but I didn't realize you were doing an extra 30% of things I never even asked you to do. Because you didn't, you didn't bother to, you know, because someone's not coming to me and telling me like, look, everyone else seems to be succeeding at this. I don't know why it's killing me. You may be doing it different, right? You may be adding steps. You may be, you may be doing something that adds value that I'm not taking into account. So I, I don't understand why it's taking you an extra hour when in reality, we need the extra hour because the way that you're doing it is better. But if people are not transparent about their weaknesses, if people aren't transparent about their disconnects and what they're doing differently or what they're struggling with, then as an organization, your culture will not grow to be better. People will just grow in fear and they won't get better. They'll just, they won't get better at executing. They'll just get better at hiding, 
right? And then they'll hide and they'll hide and they'll hide until they get to the point to where they're burned out or they're so frustrated that they just leave. There's no reason an employee should leave because they feel burnt out or or um, or undervalued, right? Um, but a lot of times people feel undervalued because they're doing more than anyone asked them to do. They're doing more than anyone expects them to do um, because they feel like that's what's required to hit the target because there isn't a trust and a level of communication and transparency between leadership and subordinates that people feel is trustworthy. So if you are an effective leader, you the one marker you can look for is asking yourself, do my people come and tell me what they're doing wrong? Or am I always having to dive into the details, dive into the data and dive into the analytics and try to catch people not meeting my expectations? Because if you are, you're probably a manager and people see you as a manager, which is fine as a title, but it's not healthy in the long run. It's not healthy for you to have to go through and micromanage and, and sanity check every employee. And it's not a healthy relationship. Um, it is much more <laughs> beneficial to be a leader um, and to have a trust-based relationship than be a manager um, and just live in a fear-based relationship with your employees and direct reports. So that's the, that, that's the next lesson. Uh, the next thing that we're going to talk about be a little bit more mushy of a topic, but we are going to talk about empathy and understanding what's going on in people's lives as a leader. So thank you for joining me. Um, like I said, if this if you're just jumping in on this one, make sure you go back. Everybody should be watching these in series because we're going to continue to build. Um, and thank you for joining the Leadership Lab today from the Savage Truth Network. God bless y'all. Peace out. Somebody, somebody pray for me Whether I seem like I'm well or a mess